to discuss the real issues affecting Australia and New Zealand, this is Trad Tasman Talk, jointly produced by the Unshackled.net and the Mr. Berry, Mr. Berry Show. Now, here are Tim Wilms and Stephen Berry, live from Melbourne. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of Trad Tasman Talk on this Friday, the 29th of April, 2022. I'm Tim Wilms, Editor-in-Chief of The Unshackled here in Melbourne, where it is 6pm. And I'm Stephen Berry of the Mr. Berry, Mr. Berry Show, also in uh, Melbourne. And uh, we are live, uh, as always, uh, when it's uh, myself and Stephen co-hosting the show, live on the Unshackled and Mr. Berry YouTube channels. So hello to the regulars in the, the live chat. It's great to, to see you. Kresho always likes, likes to be uh, very, very early. Uh, hello, uh, Granny Annie. I uh, don't think I've seen you for a while, so it's uh, good, good to be back. I'm, I'm glad you dropped what you were doing like a hot potato. And we've also got Lady of Shallot. Uh, Castle Mash, uh, Match asks, will you do a federal election stream? Yes, we are doing a federal election night live stream. I know that, uh, Stephen, you've been uh, busy cramming uh, after Yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of research on the numbers in the last week to make, just make sure that I'm as informed and informative as possible. Well, you're you're in between jobs at the moment, so it's the perfect time. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, now we'll we'll start as always uh, with the the COVID uh, report and. Uh, as I uh, commented on Wilmsfront last night, thankfully COVID uh, policy is not uh, front and centre at this election. Though I don't think the the major parties want it to be to uh, to remind voters of what they they put them through the the last two years. But we had Anthony Albanese back on the campaign trail after completing his uh, seven days isolation after testing. Uh, positive. Uh, he says that his, what is it, doctor's advice is to, to take it easy, even though Albanese's got to take it a bit easy. But uh, he seems fine. Like he's, he's always got the nasally voice. And, and yeah, it <laughs> seems, seems fine. Yeah. And um, we've also had released in New Zealand, um, the High Court's ruled that major aspects of the MIQ system were illegal. Um, so uh, there were many cases in which New Zealand citizens could not return to New Zealand despite literally being their birthright because there weren't enough uh, rooms available in MIQ, but non-citizens were also getting prioritised, such as uh, UK DJs. So some of the findings from the High Court um, investigation have shown uh, that the offline emergency process was too tightly constrained to address the deficiencies, which is why... Um, every few days, you would see another um, another story on the news from somebody who really needed to get into the country and couldn't. Um, they've been able, unable to show why an online system could not have prioritised New Zealand citizens over others, and they have uh, the emergency allocation process as an operator was an inadequate method of seeking to ensure that New Zealanders could return if they're facing unreasonable delays at 
needed to warrant priority. Um, so yeah, all very damning um, claims about the MIQ system in New Zealand, and that comes on top of other issues where uh, the initial lockdowns back in 2020 were illegal, um, and uh, several um, employment sectors such as police, etc., uh, those mandates have also been ruled illegal. Yes, it's been uh, one of the most uh, shameful aspects of both Australia and New Zealand's uh, COVID uh, response. And of course, uh, uh, Australia uh, being a, a federation, uh, the, the various uh, state borders uh, were closed uh, closed to each other for, for large swathes of 2020 and 2021. There were heartbreaking stories of people denied uh, exemptions uh, through the bureaucratic process to see dying relatives, or if they needed treatment in in one state, they had to quarantine uh, once they'd received the treatment in in one state to to the other. It was just a a really uh, insane and cruel uh, time, and it's one of the things that we must. Uh, a vow uh, never again, uh, but uh, at least your High Court in New Zealand is prepared to uh, throw some of these uh, the, these uh, restrictions uh, out, uh, unlike uh, our uh, various courts here in, in Australia. Mm, yeah, I, I, I notice it's um, almost black and white and different. Um, the courts were largely backed all the state government re uh, restrictions, especially um, in those cases where people were taking to the streets to exercise their right to free speech and facing multi-thousand dollar fines from police uh, for doing so. I remember that even Amnesty International uh, arced up about the Western Australian hard border closure, which is, it's now completely removed the, the border from today. There's no G2G uh, pass, uh, so the, the WA police can uh, uh, can go back to actual uh, chasing real uh, criminals, and also their indoor mask mandate uh, is gone, so no more police in churches checking uh, granny's uh, mask uh, mask exemption, and I saw in New Zealand this week that uh, what is it they've uh, they, they've now issued uh, a what is that official uh, government legally binding mask exemption because you've still got uh, or when I say you you're still a New Zealand uh, citizen. I'm still a New Zealand citizen, but I, I consider myself an individual. Um, but, but yeah, they've still got uh, pretty widespread mask mandates um, in New Zealand. I would say it's similar to the level uh, Victoria was up until just a few weeks ago when um, retail workers, hospitality workers, etc., all had to wear masks. But um, some people don't need to, uh, don't have to when they go into... And it's bloody complicated, man. The COVID response minister couldn't even keep up with this. Um, so I think you don't have to wear a mask in a dance floor, but you still have to wear one in a supermarket, even if you don't work in it. So they're still a wee bit behind Australia when it comes to defending uh, freedom. But maybe maybe they weren't quite so bad at it <laughs> a, a year or so ago either. Even with our ridiculous uh, mask mandates here in Victoria, including outdoors, uh, you'd never 
had to legally carry a, a mask uh, exemption. You just had to state if a police officer approached you or tried to choke you, which happened a few times that you stated you had a lawful exemption uh, for wearing a, a face mask. Mm. So yeah, New Zealand for the first couple of lockdowns, uh, that was enough too. You could even uh, just print an exemption card off the Ministry of Health website, though that wasn't actually a requirement to carry it. And you didn't even need um, a doctor to provide you with that exemption. So things have been tightened up a lot since then. As uh, now a disabled rights charity is dealing with issuing these exemption cards. And um, yeah, like you say, the sorry, dealing the exemptions, but like you're saying now, there's cards coming out. But it's also a lot easier to get mask exemptions now too. Um, wearing glasses is apparently uh, getting through as a reason to not wear one. Yeah, you'd be all right. Uh, yep, yep. Um, dry, yeah, dry eyes and asthma is uh, all accepted now. Uh, now, on the, the same day that uh, Anthony Albanese uh, came out of isolation, his deputy, uh, Richard Miles, has tested positive to COVID, so will now be in isolation or in the, the uh, political language in the, the basement after he had a pretty rough week uh, trying to explain away uh, his uh, China uh, trip in, in 2019 to talk up the relationship between Australia and China and that we need closer def defence ties. That's what he said in uh, 2019. And also an e essay he published last year saying that uh, uh, Australia uh, sh uh, shouldn't uh, sh shouldn't think it has, uh, it, it has an exclusive uh, relationship with all the uh, Pacific islands and that they're free to in, uh, to sign any agreements that they want with other countries uh, uh, such as China. Yeah, well, I think they are. Um, I would I would caution against oh, yeah. Australia trying yeah, well, to yeah, become yeah, the policeman yeah. of the South Pacific. But, um, yeah, the, the price of freedom is eternal vigilance and uh, Australia needs to keep a close watch on China's activities. Yeah, it was not technically wrong. Uh, Miles, uh, but he certainly got uh, tongue twisted quite a bit, and he, he it's pretty clear that he wants to be the defence minister in an Albanese government. Uh, he'd be deputy prime minister, so they did well in, in the, the the polls. Had a, a poll rebound with uh, Albanese in isolation in the the basement. So maybe it'll continue with uh, uh, with Miles uh, in isolation. I mean. The, the first week they were lucky to have Christina Keneally uh, in isolation with, with COVID. So uh, maybe next week, maybe uh, Penny Wong, maybe she will get COVID and you won't have her making embarrassing uh, uh, comments or announcements. Uh, she did unveil uh, Penny Wong this week, uh, Labor's uh, uh, Pacific, uh, Pacific foreign uh, policy, which includes more military training and also uh, more soft diplomacy, such as expanding uh, ABC Radio Australia uh, in the region. Good God, what did everyone else deserve uh, do to deserve that? In terms of what? The... I don't want ABC Radio. Well, the, the ABC has uh, ha, has done some good Four Corners episodes uh, on uh, Chinese foreign interference and espionage uh, in Australia. Uh, so 
uh, if they can uh, pump more of that into our sphere of influence. I mean, this is the, the supposedly the idea of soft diplomacy. I mean, uh, Communist China has its uh, uh, CGTN, uh, China Global Television Network, which used to be CCTV. Uh, obviously, Russia had its uh, <laughs> until it was shut down by all the sanctions. Uh, Iran has uh, press uh, TV. Turkey has a uh, TRT World. So every, uh, uh, almost every nation in the world has a both a domestic state broadcaster and a foreign arm to yeah spread yeah. its uh, message ar ar around the world. That's quite fascinating. I was not aware of that. Probably because I'm from New Zealand and we just have state-owned television. You don't even have a 24-hour news station in uh, New Zealand. Uh, there, there is this talk right. about it was Sky News yeah, merging TVNZ and uh, RNZ into to one national broadcaster. Yeah, that is going to go to go ahead. So RNZ is Radio New Zealand. It's um, uh, always been commercial-free because um, uh, it's so boring and crap. Why would commercial sell on it? But incredibly, it's actually um, one of the most popular radio stations in the country. Um, and we don't know if um, TVNZ, which is the television arm, will uh, start going commercial free. I suspect not. So it just seems like an amalgamation for the sake of uh, being seen to do something. Uh, we still have two separate uh, state broadcasters. So ABC, which is television and radio uh, commercial free, but then there's uh, SBS, which has uh, limited commercials both on television and radio and on its uh, streaming app, uh, SBS uh, On Demand. Uh, there's in this uh, age of uh, foreign language uh, media available on the, the internet, what's the point of uh, having... SBS broadcasting all of this uh, foreign news. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's a complete waste of time. Privatise it, see if it stands on its own two legs. I suspect it won't. Yeah. SBS uh, to, well, the, what is it, English-speaking Australians uh, was uh, more well-known for its uh, late-night uh, soft porn. It <laughs> used to be known as uh, Sex Before Sleep. Oh, yeah, I think about two decades ago, we had the same thing in New Zealand. I think it was on um, Orange uh, on the Sky TV network. And, yeah, there, there would be this um, porn where the cameras just spin round and round and round um, the people imitating having sex. I mean, you've got one bum here and the rest of it here. You knew it wasn't really happening, but... Yes, there's uh, filth galore uh, uh, on uh, the internet and also on uh, streaming services uh, as well. Yeah, yeah, I might be a bit guilty of that. Uh, now let's move on to uh, the, oh, the, the headline uh, story of the week, and it should be the, the headline uh, because... Uh, all Australians are, are noticing it uh, every time that they buy essentials, and that is uh, inflation. The uh, inflation dragon, as it is known, is is back, 
And uh, so uh, Australia's inflation rate uh, for uh, the past year, from March 2021 to March 2022, was 5.1%, uh, which is higher than the uh, what was uh, projected in the in the the budget 4.5%. Imagine my shock that uh, Treasury didn't forecast uh, the the future correctly. Uh, but yeah, if you've been uh, as I was saying, if you've been grocery shopping lately, uh, paid your electricity bill, uh, filled up with petrol, you'd say yeah, five percent. That sounds about right. Um, though the excise tax has been halved on petrol, so that's a positive. Um, oh, well, the they, treasurer's in six months, so it's it's back right. to about two dollars a litre now, even with that uh, that fifty uh, percent mm. cut. So just uh, add another twenty two cents onto it, and that's what it uh, would normally uh, be without uh, the extra excise because it's only a temporary cut until after the election. Right, right. So the um, inflationary aspect of this government's um, spending, borrowing, and um, even the tax cuts, unfortunately, are all going to contribute to more dollars chasing that petrol, and uh, it'll likely have inevitable uh, price rises itself on the market without um, taking into account returns to excise tax. The uh, the, the primary uh, driver of inflation, and... The still the like uh, a lot of regular people they they still don't really question or investigate where inflation comes from. They just think it happens. I know a lot of uh, well, the government line is oh, it's the it's global issues. That's the the war in Ukraine, uh, supply chain uh, issues, uh, worker shortage. But no, it's because our reserve bank for the past two years has been printing money like never before. The independent reserve banks so philip lowe uh the governor of the reserve bank he's certainly not keeping inflation low uh which is part of the the reserve bank's uh mission so this is from the 6th of july 2021 reserve bank holds interest rates at record low uh six to 2024 forecast for first rate rise so he made a speech, Philip Lowe, in the middle of last year to say that we're not going to increase rates uh, for a, another three years, which is, uh, how, how can he, how, how can he uh, project, pronounce that rates are never going to have to be put up for another three years? Yeah, I mean, the, the scenario he's looking at, he's forecasting that, um, but he could have been a hell of a lot clearer about it because um, I get the impression that he's decided they're not going to go up for several years. And so um, cheap money will just continue to be generated and borrowed and drive up prices. Um, the uh, Reserve uh, Bank uh, meets uh, the first Tuesday of every month at, at 2 p.m. And most uh, economists are predicting they'll have to raise rates a decent amount to to, to bring this inflation under control. Obviously, it's still lower than uh, New Zealand's, uh, which is 6.9%, uh, but uh, we're going to be uh, catching up. Yeah, well, and the New Zealand Reserve Bank's recently increased uh, the official cash rate by 50 basis points. Um, I don't recall exactly what that makes it. It's well under uh, 2% anyway. Um, and... 
you know, people, uh, politicians are blaming the rest of the world's um, situation for inflation at home. The rest of the world is doing the exact same stupid economic policies of uh, uh, poor quality mass public spending, enormous levels of borrowing, and printing money. So you can't blame uh, the rest of the world for um, issues at home when you're doing exactly what the rest of the world is. Yeah. I mean, and there's... I tell as many people uh, as I can who sort of comment that uh, oh, prices on the rise. It's because our reserve bankers increased the the money supply, and there was an excellent uh, Pauline Hanson's "Please Explain" cartoon, which uh, has uh, Scott Morrison and elbow uh, by the the money printer, and uh, Alan Jones, who we're going to be talking about, is uh, coming back next week. Uh, explains to uh, ScoMo and elbow that by printing money, uh, you're uh, you're increasing the money supply, but not the amount of goods and services in the economy. So they're going to uh, increase in price. Uh, in uh, New Zealand, and uh, this is the same in Australia, that uh, uh, companies yeah, have economist. ways to try and disguise or ease the, the pressure of inflation. Yeah, so you would see... Everyone will have noticed in supermarkets over the years that instead of increasing prices, products will shrink in size so that they can remain the same well, uh, price when they go through That sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Shrinkflation, I believe it's called. Um, other things that companies are doing, um, Renault um, is you know not exactly the most exciting car brand out there, um, but they have a budget model called Darcia, um, which is, you know, now got less uh, moving parts, is quicker and easier to put together. Um, so that's one of the responses to growing prices, because essentially they're just trying to maintain margins on increased um, costs of resources anyway. Um, there was also... There's also... Oh, no, going... sorry. Oh, yeah. Um, so Nestle's um, products of Fancy Feast as well, and its um, premium um, nappy and pet food lines are also going up. So they're trying to, again, make these products cheaper to avoid um, passing a full cost on to the consumer. But whether that means that the uh, quality will be as good, who knows? And uh, the supermarket shelves are starting to become empty again, uh, I've noticed. Uh, obviously, toilet paper, it always starts uh, with that. The, the toilet paper aisles are starting to empty again. Uh, there's a lot of freezer aisles where there's, there's gaps and uh, meat is becoming both uh, scarce and uh, increasing in price. Uh, things staples such as uh, bread, uh, there's a lot of irregular supply of of that and so it's hardly surprising that uh, the mainstream media uh, uh, to promote uh, well both uh, alternatives to meat supply and to fight climate change is uh, promoting alternative diets well brave volunteers are putting their taste buds to the test at the university of adelaide researchers are preparing common insects for consumption insisting sustainable food sources are the future 
Crickets, ants and mealworms, usually the last things you want to see in a kitchen. But forget using words like creepy or crawly to describe the dishes they're plating up at the University of Adelaide. Crunchy and flaky, it's pretty delicious. People often assume that what they might taste like is kind of this insect and that's often something that's a bit squishy and squelchy and not too appetising. Researchers want to change that, frying, roasting and dehydrating insects to be included in an everyday diet. They're also really high in protein and good fats. They can be raised using very little environmental resources. And that's a big win. Global food production accounts for more than a third of the world's greenhouse gas emissions. Researchers say the way the insects are prepared is key. Now, I'm told the roasted mealworm is one of the most palatable for beginners, so bon appetit. bit like roast chicken. Start small. You might like to try them in a powdered form where you can't see them. Feedback from the uni's taste testers will create a sensory guide which can then be used by industries for product creation or by anyone curious enough to try. A lot of our retailers in Australia have their insects available online. Taylor Jones, 7 News. Yes, uh, Kresha, and you'll be happy kind of reminds me of what they've had to do well they're uh, in their second uh, famine in North Korea since 1990 though this one's not quite as severe um, but the government encourages people to do their bit for the country by having just one meal a day and um, provides advice on the best ways to cook grass. And uh, you saw that uh, news reporter there uh, try it herself and basically she was like, mm, it's just like roast. And uh, I wonder if the camera were, was turned off, she'd be like, ah, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have been, I would have been sneaking in um, something that was fake but looked similar. She's, she's clearly way down the the um, ladder, the career ladder in the media if um, she's having to do the eat bugs news stories although uh prince charles uh he uh, announced a, a way that we can uh reduce emissions and still enjoy uh beef and that is for cows to wear masks uh, so they don't emit uh methane it's always prince charles coming up with the weird shit it's a um, we really need him to hurry up and become king so that he's not allowed to um share these opinions any longer um has he mentioned uh coffee enemas lately he's was a big exponent of those years ago as well i'm not sure but uh, obviously i'm getting a bit of uh, feedback on on your end from my voice i'm not sure how that's all of a sudden happened no because you sound the same to me okay i will if the the audience complains then we know that there's uh, feedback uh, coming through on on your end uh, but uh, there's also going to be shortages and uh, price increases on uh, consumer and computer goods with the continuing rolling lockdowns in uh, communist China as uh, Xi Jinping uh, continues to pursue uh, what always was uh, the insane uh, COVID zero policy and you especially can't achieve it uh, with uh, all the uh, Omicron uh, family variants. Uh, there's a whole bunch of uh, 
uh, shipping uh, containers stranded at ports in, in Shanghai. So if you're wanting to get new computer parts or chip or something, obviously you don't need it to survive, uh, like you need food, uh, but uh, good luck getting it. <laughs> and it's amazing that given that it was the country that gave us COVID, um, that um, this far down the track when the rest of the world's gone up, stuff it there's nothing more we can do they're still trying to achieve zero covid um i'm amazed they haven't started shooting everybody yet because um uh, oh, the way they're going pretty, about it's pretty hard pretty uh yeah. and they're, they're, they're killing uh people's pets so uh, if uh, anthony albanese caught covid while he was in china they would have killed uh the the, the dog uh that he was in isolation with uh this week that's ridiculous. Because, they can't even yeah. catch it, can they? Oh, well, no. Um, but uh, that's what they're doing in, in China. Anyone who tests positive, killing their pets, their, their, their dogs and cats. Wow. And then you really disincentivize anybody being honest and cooperative about this, and um, the, the issue doesn't go away. It's like uh, when Omicron first got to New Zealand and there was a 10-day isolation if you had it, um, but any family members in your home had an additional 14 days isolation um, following you, the infected person's negative test. So you'd have 24 days unable to work. Um, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, your, your nose and throat would be incredibly sore by then. Uh, thankfully, uh, at least China has ended the, the anal swabs. I, I, feel, I still believe that because uh, they, what is it? They were promoting it at the beginning of 2021, China, the anal swabs. I swear it was a, a sigh up to see if they could get Western nations to start anal swabbing their, their citizens. <laughs> yeah, I, I suspect there was more trolling than science behind that one. Uh, now let's move on to the Australian federal election campaign. And uh, it's it's certainly worth uh, scrutinising the, the other uh, policies of the, the pro-freedom parties running, uh, they being the Liberal Democrats, Pauline Hanson's One Nation, the Great uh, Australian Party, and uh, the United Australia Party. And uh, Clive Palmer, in his latest ads, is uh, promoting uh, that uh, he's like uh, he he and his uh, elected MPs are going to legislate a maximum three percent interest on home loans to save uh, Australian home ownership. This is uh, another reason why uh, Australian uh, politicians like low interest rates and is to uh, so so that uh, they can uh, promote home ownership. Uh, the Morrison government has its home loan guarantee scheme with low deposits of, of 5%. And this is just an insane, uh, economically ludicrous policy. Yeah, yeah. Inflation will just continue to skyrocket, um, especially if there's a government law in place that extends that for five years. It's just going to be absolutely no restraint on the money supply at all. And uh, I know that, well, especially the uh, the boomers uh, like uh, uh, like their homes to continue to uh, appreciate. And in an inflationary environment, it's house prices that increase first. But now that it's filtering filtering down, uh, the uh, Reserve Bank uh, they they're going to have to to stop 
food and other essentials uh, going uh, going up uh, raise interest rate, which is going to lead to a, a property squeeze. Yeah, and um, it's always um, been, uh, you know, a false economy uh, in which the boomers like to see their property prices go up because um, rates charges are as a percentage of your nominal property value. So as the value goes up, the amount that you pay in rates goes up. And then if you sell your greater value house, you've generally only got overpriced houses to buy with your money anyway. So it it makes absolutely no sense to me why people are so enthused about this. And uh, obviously national security uh, still continues to to dominate uh, a lot of the election uh, discussion. Uh, the the Labor opposition uh, they they still maintain that they'll turn back the boats, have offshore processing, but still won't have uh, temporary protection uh, visas. And then, of course, there's the Solomon Islands uh, agreement, a security agreement with China, and Labor has tried to uh, uh, pump up its uh, foreign for, uh, foreign policy. Uh, uh, pump up its foreign policy or standing, uh, saying that, look, the, the, Mor- the Morrison government and Peter Dutton talk tough on uh, defence and foreign policy, but look, this happened right under their their, their, their nose and uh, we're going to, to properly engage in our, with our uh, Pacific partners. And, uh, uh, of course, they, they, they claim that, oh, if we help the Pacific Islands with climate change and stop their islands becoming underwater, they'll like us more. Um, yeah, and I'm sure they'll appreciate the extra poverty that comes with these completely pointless um, climate policies. Um, Tuvalu, after all, is actually gaining land mass um, as temperatures have gone up in the seas around there. Um, but it, Australia has actually been quite active in the Pacific, uh, especially with the Solomons, where a couple of years ago, I believe, they had riots. Um, yeah, by- I mean... Uh- Pretty ungrateful, Sogavari, the Prime Minister. We help protect his uh, regime, and then he uh, signs an agreement with uh, China. Yeah, and hasn't he seen enough evidence around the rest of the world of what happens when you're in debt to China? Oh, well, uh, uh, China is very good at hoodwinking uh, politicians. I mean, they've, they've done it with our politicians there's plenty of sucker politicians i mean tan andrews signed a belt and road with communist china i mean we just have to look in our own backyard for uh, ccp suckers (laughs) and now Now, are we going to look at some of these controversial characters that we have in the federal election yeah first we're going to uh well we're going to comment on the mainstream media's uh, oh, commentary fascination with the inner city uh, liberal held seats, which are being challenged by teal independents. Now, I think the 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 media, including Sky News, focus on these these battles in the the inner city, where it's it's. Uh, Oh, it's a new money versus old money, basically. A lot of the the old money uh, families are funding these uh, teal climate two hundred Simon Holmes Accord uh, in, independence, uh, uh, 
uh, Rob Ballew, who's the, the son of former Victorian Premier uh, Liberal Ted Ballew. He's the campaign manager for uh, Monique Ryan. The, the Ballew family is uh, what do you call a blue blood uh, family. Uh, the, the Labor Party back in the day called him Ted the Toff from, from Turak. So, yes, there's uh, there's quite a few uh, old money uh, blue bloods helping these these teal independents. And I think it's because the media live in all these areas that they focus on these uh, these battles. Uh, but yeah. uh, in Kuyong, which is around Turak, Hawthorne, uh, Q, because there's... Uh, Josh Frydenberg and uh, independent Monique Ryan signs everywhere. Lots are getting vandalised. And uh, they're constantly uh, squabbling over the terms of a debate. So a debate hasn't happened because they couldn't agree on the, the terms of a debate. Uh, and Scott Morrison and uh, Anthony Albanese are squabbling over the... Uh, over the the terms of the final two debates, Scott Morrison says he'll do two more debates for seven and nine. Uh, but Anthony Albanese says, "Why not at the National Press Club or uh, at the the ABC?" And uh, election. How many does he need to do, really? Yeah, election vandalism is is nothing new, but it's uh, not consigned to uh, the seat of of Kuyong where there's signs. Uh, everywhere uh zoe mckenzie who is uh running uh as the the uh <laughs> candidate for flinders uh wanting to <laughs> succeed uh greg hunt the outgoing health minister so her the, her vandalized pro poster says uh somebody wrote on it if you had a penis you'd still be a cunt which is yeah that's very vile and that's terrible yeah, oh and, how uh, awful campaign car was also vandalized i think oh sorry oh it's the same message um i can't see but uh whoever was it seemed because there was multiple signs vandalized it seemed like a coordinated uh coordinated vandalism and like going after a car as well yeah, it's pretty low. I mean, I, I, of course, I I never endorse um, vandalism of election signs. Um, yeah. I think and the I'll... sign itself was quite funny, but the car is what a what a jerk. Yeah, and the the, the how to vote cards, the uh, that uh, the parties issues, how they want uh, their voters to direct their preferences, are starting to be released and. Pauline Hansen, uh, she's gone tropo uh, that in Tasmania, the Liberals are preferencing Jackie Lambie over her. So she's retaliated by saying she's going to preference Labor over the uh, the inner city uh, Liberal uh, MPs who are under challenge from the, the Teal Independents because she's not a fan of them anyway, since they voted against the religious discrimination uh, Bill and um, but uh, uh, Pauline Hansen, uh, she's had uh, well probably a most uh, controversial uh, uh, please explain cartoon uh, today, which uh, the the AEC uh, has uh, has uh, well has uh, made a a statement on. Uh, so they've taken it down uh, off from it's been taken down from. Uh, Facebook and uh, TikTok. I've 
because uh, of uh, promoting, what is it, uh, uh, misinformation because it has uh, Anthony Albanese uh, sick in bed uh, with with COVID, and then Penny Wong comes in with some uh, bat soup uh, to what is that? Uh, supposedly, well, you first think it's to heal him, but then the Penny Wong cartoon says that uh, I put the bat in your soup to infect you with COVID. <laughs> Uh, but uh, they talk about uh, having uh, dead people on the, the electoral roll and the fact that uh, it's easier to commit voter fraud because there's no uh, voter ID because that's uh, racist. And so it's still available on YouTube, but, yeah, it's taken down on Facebook and TikTok for electoral misinformation. So uh, she's gotten a bit of trouble for that. I, I don't think that's going to do her any harm, though, whatsoever. I, it'll um, it'll solidify her voter base and probably attract um, a very large number of people who are still undecided, um, up to 10% in some of the polls. So that's not going to hurt her at all. And, I mean, is it really the most controversial thing Pauline Hanson's ever done? She's been in politics for a good 30 years. Uh, you, you weren't here when she uh, appeared in the, the Senate chamber in a full uh, burqa uh, as a star. Oh, I saw that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, yes, uh, as you're alluding to, there's uh, more uh, candidates who've uh, had uh, their, their, their social media uh, posts uh, amplified uh, by the, the, the mainstream media, again, it's uh, Samantha Maiden of, of news.com.au who seems to be basically the, uh, the candidate's uh, social media uh, federal election uh, reporter. So last week, uh, the candid Liberal candidate uh, for uh, the seat of, of Hindmarsh, which the Liberals uh, are not going to win, it's held by Labor front uh Mark Butler. Uh, so she... Uh, supported, uh, well, uh, reducing uh, funding uh, for the uh, police and also uh, called out uh, the, well, the cruel border policies and offshore processing detention of the party that she's she's running for. Well, you know, people, cha people could change their minds, but, yeah, I, I struggle to think of a political party that... I could ever join that was 100% agreed with what I wanted. Um, there were positions I held that were different from the ACT Party before I became a candidate. And then when I became a candidate, I, I did my job and represented the party's views. Um, so if she's going to do that now that she's a candidate, then I don't really see what the issue is. And... Uh... This week, uh, we had uh, the uh, L uh, one of the, the LNP uh, Queensland Senate candidates, number six on the, the Senate ticket. This is again by Samantha Maiden. Uh, if we go up to the, the, the headline here, uh, LNP candidate Nicola Tobin makes bizarre tiny teddy slur in child obesity uh, comment. Uh, so <laughs> she's described as a, a passionate educator and in response to one social media post suggested obese people shouldn't be able to purchase anything containing white sugar 
or refined uh, refined flour. So she's uh, a no soft drink if your uh, body mass index is over 30 either, water or one glass of uh, red wine. Um, I take it this was all before she um, was approved as a candidate as well? She actually ran in an unwinnable position for the party in 2019 as well. So mm. she's a like a perennial candidate for the party in uh, unwinnable positions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a little, it's a little bit funny. It's a mm. little bit funny, but um, a mm. terrible political position, of course. And uh, we have uh, the the candidate, uh, Liberal candidate for the uh, southern uh, Melbourne seat of uh, Isaacs, which is held by a Labor Shadow Attorney General, Mark Dreyfus. I actually don't think he lives in the electorate either. Uh, though in this situation that uh, a, uh, he's, he confessed that he actually worked in, in Camberwell, uh, but uh, that and that he, but he put on his form that he lives at the address of the the Bridge Hotel in Mordialic, which uh, yeah, not many people actually live in a like a you know pub. No, unless he's just he been kicked out. The, owned the he once he once owned the pub but sold it in October twenty twenty one. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there is, you know, for some reason, voters uh, put, put some value on whether the candidate stands in the electorate or not. I've never personally cared. I think that their um, values are much more important. Um, but, yeah, this stuff does go on a lot. And of course, uh, in, the, in the Auckland local elections now, everybody gets a pamphlet with all the um, candidates in it. And um, it tells people whether they live within uh, the area they're standing for or not. So um, there's a lot of uh, skullduggery that goes on to try and make, make it look like you live in your ward. Uh, now, of course, the, the number one uh, uh, candidate who, who, who's generated the most, uh, well, media commentary in an uh, unwinnable uh, seat is the Liberal candidate for... Warringah, uh, Catherine Deves, uh, handpicked uh, by Scott Morrison, the Prime Minister and Premier Dominic Perrottet. So Samantha Maiden again has, uh, well, she's just um, republished a photo that uh, Deve republished on her Twitter before she knew that, uh, that uh, she went to the Sydney gay and lesbian Mardi Gras back in the, the 90s. And she described it as a, still a grassroots street parade with Killer Party at Horden celebrating the progress of gay and lesbian rights. So the tweet was one of her last before she deleted her, her Twitter. And so she, and uh, again, uh, that uh, uh, she, what is it, uh, uh, denounced her, uh, her comments uh, linking trans, transvestivism and uh, serial killers because she was unmuzzled by the, the Liberal Party and was allowed to appear on uh, 2GB Breakfast uh, when, with uh, uh, Ben Fordham. Uh, so she says, uh, this isn't about that. It's about women and girls. Back in the early 90s, I was going to the Mardi Gras. I voted for same-sex marriage. I don't have an issue with that, but this is about 
a collision of, of rights. And as I keep saying, we need to be able to debate it in a respectful way and take into consideration the points of view of all stakeholders. So, yes, it just keeps getting weirder with her. It is a bit weird, but I, I mean, from my point of view, she looks like a, 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 a bit of a freedom fighter as well as a maverick. Um, possibly a little bit deranged too, but um, aren't all the best freedom fighters deranged? And her, um, well, her selection supposedly to resonate, like not in the, the inner cities, but out in the, the outer suburbs, like that's supposedly the, the, the strategy that although she won't win Warringah, this uh, wedge issue could uh, win votes in the outer suburbs. Like, mm. Now, I know mm. there's, uh, this poll that was, well, it, it was commissioned by Equality Australia and uh, done by Redbridge, and it was reported uh, by, again, by Samantha Maven. They, they polled two, uh, two seats in Sydney, uh, one in Wentworth, uh, which is uh, Dave Sharma up against a uh, Teal Independent Allegra Spender, uh, so it has here the vote determining issues. So it's not surprisingly climate change number one, then the economy uh, all the way down though is LGBT equality and transgender participation in sports. But in Parramatta, uh, which is, uh, it has a retiring Labor MP with uh, Julie Collins and both it's a must win for uh, Labor and Liberal if they want to win. Uh, the most important issues uh, for uh, people in Parramatta, cost of living, economy, uh, third is climate change, then healthcare, aged care, and right down the bottom again, LGBT equality and transgender participation in sports. So in the, both in the inner cities and in the, the working class suburbs, nobody cares about this issue. There's not. Well, it's certainly not going to be their number one issue either. Well, it's as I've said before, this is again a, a chattering class uh, issue. I mean, uh, yes, there have been high, like high profile cases of uh, trans women having unfair advantages in women's sports, but it's not like there's a, a, trans, a, a trans woman in every sports club in every suburb in Australia. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, it has been overblown a bit. And I mean, uh, in terms of priorities for most people, it's the economy, stupid. Mm. First, and, second, third. And we also had last week uh, the uh, Liberal uh, endorsed candidate for Cooper, and in a Melbourne seat held by Labor, it's always a contest between Labor and the Greens, uh, Jaden Atkinson. Uh, there were articles from the Maiden, but Tom Minar and the, the Herald Sun, I can't put it up because it's behind a paywall, uh, because uh, uh, three years back uh, he supported uh, uh, Fraser Anning, uh, his uh, Conservative National Party, in fact uh, referred to him as a, a god, and now he just told Tom Minar, look, I was 17 at the at the time, like, you know, obviously I've uh, matured in my views, and to the, the Liberal Party's uh, credit, they stood by him like they've stood by uh, Catherine Deves. Yeah, uh, young, pe young people say stupid shit. I said lots of stupid shit. I still say lots of stupid shit. 
Um, but when we were younger, it wasn't quite yet on social media yet. I, I kind of felt sorry for um, those people in their late teens, early 20s, uh, considering political careers now, because every one of their flaws and foibles and silly things that they've said can be found on Google somewhere. And uh, I think we're only going to see this sort of stuff becoming more and more common. Um, Scott Morrison must realise that he's probably not going to have enough candidates if everyone that hasn't said something stupid at some stage uh, is not allowed to run. Uh, well, there is a, a candidate of his uh, running in, in Benelong uh, to uh, try and succeed, uh, the Liberal member uh, John Alexander, uh, Simon Kennedy. He apparently has uh, made some controversial uh, comments on the the vaccine, which is contained in this uh, Nine News hit piece uh, by uh, Chris O'Keefe. The Liberal candidate in the Northern Sydney electorate of Benelong has been caught on camera addressing a group of conspiracy theorists. Simon Kennedy called the COVID vaccine a chemical that people had a right to be concerned about, while expressing his sympathy for those who lost their jobs as a result of vaccine mandates. It's the seat that delivered John Howard 11 years as Prime Minister and Simon Kennedy is who the Liberals have tasked to hold Benelong. But he has a problem. And then they were being forced, they had to choose, you know, do I take this course of action and put these chemicals in my body? The chemicals he's talking about is the COVID vaccine. This is the fastest we've ever gone from disease to, to vaccination, right? There is reason to be concerned. And I think each individual, it should be up to them to have the choice. I think you called the vaccine a chemical. Well, it's, got, it's got preservatives. Look, everybody, I'm encouraging everybody to get vaccinated. A couple of weeks ago, Simon Kennedy took questions from a group of conspiracy theorists. I love the passion in this group. I love the passion and I love people who care about the community. The group called A Stand in the Park thinks COVID is a government setup. We are a private company of America. There's fairly nutty people there. Oh, look, I'm meeting every constituent. Given his wife is an infectious diseases doctor, Kennedy says he believes the science. You're not an anti-vaxxer? I'm triple vaxxed. My whole entire extended family is triple vaccinated. But he is dead opposed to almost anyone being forced to get the jab for work. They empathised with the constituents, people who lost their jobs, lost their livelihoods during COVID, who were forced to make a choice between taking the vaccine and actually losing their job. It's fair to say Mr Kennedy is not an anti-vaxxer, but he is a libertarian. The Liberal Party is the favourite to win the seat of Benelong and it's likely he'll end up a Member of Parliament. There's not a cigarette papers difference between the views of Mr Kennedy uh, or Craig Kelly or George Christensen. No, I'm not aware of those, uh, those reports and so I can't comment on them. Chris O'Keefe, Nine News. For breaking... Oh no, a libertarian might get into Parliament. Oh, the country's ruined. Yeah, uh, I... what's, uh, pers personal choice and uh, speaks to all constituents, including those with unconventional views. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I tried that a few times, didn't work out that well. <laughs> but I mean, there's, there's nothing, nothing in that whatsoever um, that I could see that's really damaging. I mean, chemicals, everything is a chemical. 
and um, he, he's, he's clearly pro-vax as well. So uh, even the um, reporters themselves have um, essentially sent this up as a knocking exercise on somebody who doesn't really deserve it. And he, you know, he stood by uh, his uh, comments and said, like, I'm talking to constituents of mine. So, yeah, I do hope that uh, he wins in, in Benelog and looks like he'd be a, a good uh, member of, of parliament in the, the Liberal Party room. And I can't believe that Scott Morrison did a captain's pick with someone so good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, he's clearly uh, learning very quickly on the job too. Um, I like I the way he answered that question on it being a chemical and he started saying preservatives and then immediately moved on to well, yeah, um, like he didn't want talking to get about vaccine mandates. Yeah, yeah, so he's, uh, he's, he's learning fast. I'm, 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 I'm drinking, ingesting these uh, Coke, uh, Coke, no sugar chemicals into into my body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so uh, Colin uh, has uh, asked us, uh, uh, "Do you think a hung parliament would uh, be on the cards?" I guess it's the perfect segue into you finally done a a po- Mr. Berry poll of polls uh, for Australia. Yeah, we did one last week too, but. Um... Um, so now I've got something to compare it against. So this includes uh, the last two Roy Morgan polls. I've got the Roy Morgan poll as well, which um, barely changed at all because um, there's uh, what well, there's one every week. Yeah. Um, so it's it's neck and neck between the coal. Yep. So it's neck and neck between the Liberal National Coalition and the Labor Party. Labor Party's steady on thirty-five point two. The Coalition's up. 2 to 35.2. Um, everybody else is sliding a bit, um, but that also reflects a higher uh, undecided vote, which um, I can't put that into the polar polls because not every polling company measures it. Um, so the Greens on 11.6, One Nation on 3.8, United Australia at 2.8, and Independents and others sitting at 8.6. Um, because Australia is not a, uh, doesn't have proper proportional representation, I can't just put up a map of Parliament and say this is what it's going to look like, but you've got to say with those first preferences being that tight amongst the two major parties, um, yeah, very difficult to call. Um, The uh, two-party preferred vote continues to favour Labour, um, anywhere from... uh, In New and Ipsos. Yeah, yeah, so so, um, I think the latest Roy Moore... Done every week now. Yeah, so, I think the latest Roy Morgan had um, Labour uh, beating the coalition 55 45. Um, but I mean, Australia doesn't vote that way anyway. So I don't think it's a particularly um, relevant number. And um, Labour's yeah, been willing, winning the two party preferred vote since uh, January 2021. They were also winning it for much of the time up until the previous election. And well, we all know what happened there. But they they still even well we're halfway through the election uh, still maintain a pretty commanding lead. I think the final news poll released the night before the election was fifty one point five percent to Labor, two party preferred, mm. and forty eight point five percent for the coalition. And yeah, it was three points off uh, because the the two party preferred at the twenty nineteen 
federal election, the poll that only poll that counts is election day is the cliche. Coalition was 51.5, TPP and uh, Labor was 48.5. Mm. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's plenty of marginal seats uh, to play for here. Um, I've been doing my research and out of the top 15 marginal seats, um, only five of those are liberal seats. The other 10 um, are all Labour seats. So it's not going to take much swing in those to bring them uh, round to the Liberal Party. Uh, now let's uh, turn our focus uh, to uh, Victorian state politics. And uh, the Age newspaper got leaked to them a draft IBAC uh, report into uh, Labor's uh, uh, branch stacking uh, using uh, taxpayer funds. IBAC uh, held a a number of uh, number of uh, public hearings late last year, uh, but only uh, uh, interviewing uh, the uh, the well, Labor right uh, moderate. Uh, faction ringleaders in that. Uh, obviously, the 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 key uh, witness was uh, Adam uh, Somirak, who was the the Labor right uh, power broker, who was kicked out of the uh, Labor Party when the the sixty minutes uh, branch stacking allegations aired, uh, which was done by Ooh. Nick McKenzie and uh, his uh, producer uh, Joel Tozer. Uh, so, and uh, 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 there was uh, 26 uh, private or interviews that IBAC conducted, uh, including the, the Premier. Uh, so I know that, what is it, uh, Federal Labor, they say, oh, the, the Morrison government's federal integrity body, it doesn't, uh, uh, it doesn't have uh, public hearings. Well, the, the one in Victoria... Uh, it, it conducts some in uh, uh, private uh, as well. So it concludes in its draft report that cultural failings within the Victorian Labor Party were systematic and been uh, condoned or even encouraged by uh, party leaders uh, for uh, many years. Now, I'm not sure why this is even a legal issue. Um... Because there were staffers uh, who, uh, on uh, staffing time, uh, were uh, engaging in branch stacking. That's the issue. Oh, okay, here. yep, yep. That definitely should be in there. <laughs> I was um, referring more to the branch stacking uh, where uh, the politicians themselves have done it. I would have thought that you know, the regulation of internal party rules was for the party rather than a um, well, corruption agency. But yeah, this other aspect, yeah, absolutely. This is why uh, IBAC is uh, involved. And uh, the the Andrews government, uh, it uh, rorted uh, taxpayer money in its first election win with the, the red shirts, infamous red shirts rort, where it had, it, it uh, falsified timesheets to say that uh, campaign volunteers were working uh, for MPs when they're out campaigning in uh, red shirts. Well, yeah, that's really, really bad. 
And uh, also uh, something that's uh, slipped under the radar uh, this this week is uh, the the Andrews government. Uh, this is X Y Z headline: Psychopath uh, Daniel Andrews plans to starve uh, Victorians uh, because he's got the Agricultural Legislation Amendment Bill 2022. Biosecurity being the stated reason for the changes: increased enforcement power, searching of property and persons without warrant, increased fines, landholder landholder consent no longer required for authorized officers to take samples, stock documents, uh, or present ID, heavy penalties for uh, obstructing entry to the prop uh, property. Uh, sounds like they're getting their ducks lined up, ready uh, to be deployed to shut down farms. Uh, David Hiscock. Uh, alleges claims that's horrific and how, how many other um, policies does the andrew government um, identify as being so important that basic civil liberties should be tr just completely trashed mm. and uh, at the end here um because this is what uh, came, came to came to my mind uh, you remember the the uh, the the Holdemore, which uh, uh, the Ukrainian uh, kulaks uh, were starved by the the Soviets uh, because their grain was uh, confiscated and taken to the industrial uh, workers in the city, and they and they starved. So this is why this is so frightening that the government can well see these destroy uh, your 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 uh, stock. So we'll be next be seeing posters from the Andrews government advising parents not to eat their children, like in the Ukraine. Um, well, it's certainly uh, the reason why uh, a lot of people are uh, alarmed and concerned is because, well, given that uh, food is uh, is there's there's food shortages developing again. Uh, in uh, emergency times, the government can seize uh, people's private food supply. Yeah, and you only you only get to do that once. Uh, people tend to stop producing it again when mm. you take it off them. Uh, now we're we're well into overtime, uh, so but uh, we're going to we're going to keep going because uh, uh, New Zealand uh, there is. Uh, a concerning, a concerning rise in crime, and particularly youth crime. Yeah, and uh, this is becoming absolutely endemic now. Um, there's an average of 40 um, car ram raids uh, taking place all around the country, um, especially even uh, superettes just in the suburbs of Auckland. Um, but also um, in Hamilton, we've got cases where um, kids have broken into a mall um, aged between 11 and 7 and uh, been caught with toys and stolen goods by the police. Um, three, uh, in that case, three of them were um, held by police. One got away, but he fell eight metres and broke his arm. So hopefully that teaches him a lesson. Um there's, uh, the, there's footage available of uh, ram raids into Noel Leemings, um, and a lot of this is being done by kids 17 years and under, so there's no um, you know, severe uh, criminal penalties in this case. 
um, they, they get referred to youth aid. But what's even more bizarre is that the kids uh, participating in these RAM raids are actually recording it and putting it up on social media. Um, nat naturally, uh, the useless police minister, Poto Williams, says society's at fault and the police can't do it all alone. Um, well, actually, the police should be doing a lot of this. And two, it's the parents that are at fault. What absolutely useless fucking parents you must have um, if you're going around ramming in, in retail stores um, when you're a teenager. Uh, there's also other cases where um, uh, multiple um, ca uh, car thefts taking place um, up north in Northland. I think it might have been Danny Virk. You've sent me all yep. the, the links yep. here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you. And um, there's also uh, concerns that uh, in the New Zealand here. Oh, sorry. There's concerns in on stuff.co.nz from um, retail small business, small retail business advocates. Um, their owners are now starting to arm themselves to defend their shops. Um, so many, it's just baseball bats and hockey sticks, etc. But uh, there is a wide number of retail store owners now that are actually purchasing firearms illegally and keeping them in the shop for when their shop inevitably gets uh, robbed. Um, someone's going to be killed. Um, hopefully it's the people ram raiding the shop. Uh, there, but um, there was a, well, a security guard who, uh, well, uh did their uh did their job um mm. uh but uh was uh, did a citizen's arrest and was going to be prosecuted for it yeah so um this bartender um there was a male and a female inside the bar um he asked the female for id she didn't have it he asked her to leave um then uh the male smashed a beer glass um and I believe was threatening with the smashed beer glass. Uh, so the security guard actually got him into a headlock and made a citizen's arrest, attempting to keep him on the premises until the police could arrive. Citizen's arrests are very, very murky territory. Um, mm. Generally, it's highly discouraged. Um, but uh, uh, the day after doing it, he was called into the police um, station and you know, asked whether he thinks what he did was appropriate. And he said, you know, looking back, maybe I could have done it a little bit differently. And so the police laid charges. Um, fortunately, the um, ba the bartender found that um, the, sorry, fortunately, the judge um, determined that actually, given the nature of the offence um, that um, a smashed beer glass was being used as a weapon, um, that the force used by the security guard was absolutely appropriate and he should never have been um, put before the court anyway. Uh, so good on uh, the, the court uh, for uh, making that ruling and uh, the courts in New Zealand, uh, they seem to be making a, a lot of, uh, well, 
in my view, a refreshingly uh, sound and uh, just decision. And uh, this week, uh, the High Court uh, lifted a suppression order on this uh, former uh, chief executive, uh, Wayne Smith, who uh, was uh, convicted of uh, a heinous uh, child rape. Uh, so if we go for, uh, go further, uh, further further down here, uh, so I mean, and rightfully this uh, article has a as a content on it. The summary of facts said Smith began to groom the girl who was aged under 10. Uh, and uh, he'd set up multiple cameras to covertly film the victim, including in the, the bathroom. The sexual abuse became so frequent that it became routine and normalised for the uh, victim when they searched his home in June 2021, uh, seized uh, 81 digital exhibits, including hard drives, laptops, SD cards and electronic devices. Uh, there was 180,000 files on his devices engaged with other pedophiles online and uh, Smith's actions contributed to the further victimization of children. And uh, it goes down here that uh, uh, the, well, the, uh, the uh, victim's uh, family, uh, uh, they uh, opposed a suppress suppression. The, the uh, victim impact statement, they, they said, uh, her mother said the man had taken her innocence, which can never be replaced. The impact of this on our lives is uh, endless. And so, yeah, and he, he's been sentenced to 17 years in prison. I mean, I think we'd all but agree. But now he's appealing that sentence as yeah, well. Gosh, and, like, yeah, like, it's... it's they should horrific. increase it. Yeah, I mean, he should never uh, be, be be released. Oh, but look, at least he's wearing a mask in uh, in the court to uh, stop the spread of COVID. Um, <laughs> like, I remember Jesse Smollett wore a mask uh, when he went into the courtroom, supposedly show that you know he cares about stopping the spread. It's like, you know, supposedly the these these criminals think, oh, look better, uh, you know, look, look more sympathetic if I wear a mask. You need to have a bit of virtue in order to signal it successfully. And now we'll move on to the uh, the media uh, section uh, of the show and uh, uh, some uh, good news that uh, Alan Jones is going to be uh, relaunching his uh, streaming uh, show uh, starting from next Monday. He launched it, uh, well, it launched it in uh, December last year but it was plagued by uh technical uh issues uh, he's uh he's been uh backed by this uh, new company called australian digital holdings uh, which has uh maurice newman uh as uh, uh its chairman uh so he's been out for a lot of this year uh with uh, four back operations because he's 81 years old obviously and he's had uh, a lot of uh health uh, issues over the years, lots of previous uh, operations. He was uh, the reason he's uh, gone into streaming because he was uh, fired uh, by Sky News Australia so they could make way for Piers Morgan's global news corp show, which uh, premiered uh, this week. And I told uh, told my viewers on Tim's News Explosion what I thought of uh, Piers Morgan and that I hope uh, his show uh, fails. Yeah, I don't like him. 
don't like Piers Morgan? Nah. Yeah, there's some things to like, but mostly he's just an arrogant wanker. Uh, so Alan's show will be at uh, 8 p.m. Uh, Monday to Thursday. Uh, he's going to be. Uh, they've got a fully fledged uh, studio set up for him in uh, Chippendale in Sydney. So it's a lot more advanced than uh, what he had uh, uh, set up uh, in the the first incarnation on the on on the on the show. Uh, he should have gone for the the 9 p.m. Uh, time slot to compete. Uh, to compete directly uh, with uh, uh, Piers Morgan because, well, as Sky News After Dark, though, in general, its uh, content is getting yeah, more and more uh, mediocre. I mean, mm. well, the fact that they uh, they panicked uh, Sky News and News Corp because uh, Alan Jones's uh, videos on COVID got them a, a strike. Uh, they, they they talked tough at the time and said, we're going to stand up for free speech, but then they let him go at the end of the year. Well, please, like Alphabet Cutney, we'll do anything to keep our YouTube channel. <laughs> yes, yeah. I do remember all of those comments well, about man, uh, uh, Alan Jones, what he said about uh, uh, Ardern. He's had made many controversial comments uh, over the years, and well, that's also what's made him uh, such a uh, success uh, as well. So I'm looking forward to him uh, coming co- coming back. He's he's used the uh, expression that uh, Morrison and Perrottet used to defend uh, Deves: uh, "No walking on eggshells." Is it actually that painful to walk on eggshells? I've never tried it. Well, the point of walking on eggshells is that you must do it lightly. Mm. So he's going to stomp on the eggshells. Mm. Well, I think that uh, wraps it up uh, for yep. us uh, this week. I, I guess we should end with... Uh, we, we ended last week's show commenting on the, uh, the, the polls for the, the French presidential election runoff, uh, which... Mm. Uh, Emmanuel Macron elected for another five-year term. He won 58-42 against uh, Marine Le Pen. And uh, Scott Morrison put out a tweet uh, congratulating Macron on his uh, re-election, which is obviously given that uh, Macron infamously said about the cancellation of the French submarine deal. He was asked by an Australian journalist, do you think the Prime Minister lied to you? And he said, I don't think I know. <laughs> Uh, not as close as the um, polls uh, indicated either. They were saying about 53-47 in favour of Macron, so it's convincing. Well, I guess it was a convincing victory. Uh, well, I mean, this uh, wasn't Chirac uh, yeah. versus the first Le Pen. Yeah. Uh, Marine's but, uh, not quite so nuts. Yeah, Le Pen tried, well, she tried to uh, bring herself to the, the centre, um, but uh, it didn't work. Uh, but uh, Emmanuel Macron uh, winning still so convincingly, that's what we, uh, that's what you get when, like, all the other uh, parties and candidates say, vote for you, and you're, you're backed by the, the globalists as well. Yeah, and I guess that's the problem with a, um, uh, a runoff presidential electoral, electoral system. Because at the initial vote, um, they both uh, were polling in the low 20s. Um, so it's not like he's got the support of the whole country, really. Yes, and uh, the, the, yeah, the, the, the nation was already brought back together with a new round of, of riots on the street uh, after the election result, which, of course, 
the French are, are infamous for their cultured uh, street uh, protests and riots. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks again uh, for joining me, uh, Stephen. Uh, Due is going to be back uh, next uh, Friday. Thank you to our regular uh, audience as well uh, for your uh, commentary in the live chat. It always makes... Uh, uh, the show uh, even even more enjoyable uh, to do. Yep. Thanks very much, Tim, and I'll see you in a fortnight. Yep, and we'll keep looking out for the Mr. Berry, Mr. Berry uh, shows. Will do. Yep. yep. You've got the the trigger warning at the at the front, basically saying. <laughs> yes. It warns people that um, it it's specifically designed to be offensive so if you don't like offensive stuff don't watch mm. yeah i always put um oh jim you missed uh tonight uh well you can watch the the live replay and uh, if you want to watch steven uh, i always put the the link into the the show notes page all right good night everybody stay safe uh stay sane and uh, also uh stay informed and if you're in melbourne stay dry this weekend because the rains have returned See you later. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of Trad Tasman Talk. To keep up with the latest real news and analysis from the Tasman Nations, visit theyoungshackles.net and rightminds.nz.